Interrupted. Welcome to Iman Amongst Men. This is the show where we take an honest look at what it's like to be a man in today's world. We don't shy away from topics most people are too afraid to talk about. We're going to take it all the way there. Make sure you rate, comment, subscribe wherever you listen to all your podcasts. Let's start the show. Hey man, welcome to Iman Amongst Men. I'm Iman Shumper here with my big brother Ari Shumper. Ari gonna say what up to the people. What's going on, people? Welcome back. Happy to be back. Happy to be back. Happy to be back, man. This man said it like we've been gone a year. We have. Have not. But yeah, we ahead. have. But what's going on, y'all? Today in the studio, we got assistant coach for the Miami Heat. The NBA track record is very long. You uh, play for the Bucks, the Wizards, Clippers. Mm. Sacramento, Detroit. Got it in. Man. I don't oh, even know if in. I got everybody. Uh in the Mavs too. You won a championship yeah, with the yeah. Mavs, man. We got Karan Butler in today, man. Yeah, man. Say what's Karan. up. Man. What's going on, y'all? What's happening? The theme of today's show is overcoming adversity. We speak on adversity hitting, and um it can do a couple of different things. Adversity can, you know, it can make people tuck tail. It can also uh shape you for, uh, you know, what's ahead of you, shape you for what's to come. I don't think we could have a better representative for that than having you on the show today. When you think of uh, overcoming adversity, like, what's the, the first thing that jumps to you? I think just in embracing the challenge of whatever it is. For me personally, in my journey and in my story, I think about the way that I grew up and it's like a lot of black men, brown men, here in America growing up today, where you're dealing with adversity um, as far as like this challenges, whether it's being consistent in school, whether it's filling the void of a lack of having a mentor, whether it's, you know, being uh, rejected from an opportunity mm. or position, um, whether it's being told that, you know, your dreams are too big. Um, being in an environment where, you know, the opportunities are just, you know, limited yeah. and everybody's fighting, you know, over, you know, that one opportunity that is this. So I think about all those things and I think about just how I had to overcome them. Yeah. One, I had to develop, you know, um, a real deep confidence within myself, you know, um, something that burnt inside that nobody else felt. No one else, you know, um, to understand. And I had to just, you know, find ways to keep myself interested in whatever I was attacking. What do you mean by find ways to make it? I think, you know, sometimes you get bored, you know, when you, you know, you put your eye on objective and then, you know, you're trying to get that goal and you can get bored with trying to accomplish that goal because we're so used to microwavable success. Now and in today's society. Hey, now, I know you a coach now, dog. <laughs> no, it's real, Microwavable success is yeah. crazy. Yeah, That's you want that overnight shit. Bar. <laughs> you know, for real. But it's like you have to have your eye on, like, the journey. Yeah. And just, like, constantly be consistent with the checkpoints of the journey. Yeah, you got to be in love with the work. Is that, is that something you develop or is that something you got to, like, create? 
within yourself? Well, it's the one-offs in the world. It's the, you know, the 5%, mm-hmm. you know, tile that just have it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They, they, they just have it. Whatever it is, they have it right. already. Right. But then there's certain people that's, you know, wired a little differently that you have to develop that skill. Mm-hmm. But I think once you develop it by going through adversity, uh, you're different forever mm-hmm. from it. And you're always chasing it. Right. You know what right. I mean? Like, see my man on Dancing with the Stars, won the championship. Oh, like, yeah. he's addicted yeah. to success. Like, that journey and that, oh, shit, he can't do that. Yeah. Like, the, watch the this. Challenge. I'm going to show you. Like, it's, yeah. a, it's a challenge that during the process, it's like, you feel it. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm going to accomplish this shit because I've been here before. This feeling. Not probably this particular journey, but just the feeling of, can, All I right, this, can I conquer it? This mm. is my moment. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm. That shit is addictive. Real tough. I, I like that shit too. We're going to do that shit with the podcast too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make sure, man, if y'all got a podcast championship ring, my shit going to be shiny as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who are your early influences, like male influences? I would have to say like people that I didn't know, right? Like the ones that I had, like my uncles, who was all like part of that recycled behavior, like going to the penitentiary, getting out, repeating that shit, a dudes in the neighborhood. Um, that's what I saw. Mm-hmm. I didn't look up to those dudes, but that's what I saw. But the dudes that I looked up to was, you know, the cats that was on television the most, you know, whether it was Diddy, whether it was Ho, whether it was P, like dudes that look like me that come from similar backgrounds in my story. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to be like those dudes. You know what I mean? Right. I just didn't have the recipe on how to do it, mm-hmm. but I was like mimicking them from afar. How early were you trying to mimic them? Yeah, I mean, as far as hip hop came into the crib, as early as I was what six, seven. Oh, okay. So I was already trying to mimic them, you know, mm-hmm. through the lyrics, through lifestyle, what they were saying, what their reality was. I was trying to do the same thing they was doing. How much of that relates to like your real life at the moment? Like, cause I know you started, uh, you know, you started selling drugs at a young age yeah. and, you know, basically dealing in the street at a really young age. So it's like, how much of that is actually real versus you kind of like, you know, fantasizing about it? No, none of it was fabricated. It was, it was, it was authentic. That's why I connected with them because, you know, you talk about Scarface and my mind's playing tricks on mm-hmm. me, all that shit. Like, I was really out there in real time, like living like that, toting mm-hmm. pistols, busting moves, like not sleeping, still trying to, you know, go to school, doing the double mm-hmm. life. Like I had one right. foot in, one foot out. So it was just like, those was the dudes I connected with because they was telling my story, like mm-hmm. messaging visually, like in the videos, they was telling my story. And I was just like, damn, like those are, my mentors from afar, you know what I mean? Yeah, like telling good. my testimony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you felt, but you always felt like this is, I'm going to get, I'm going to elevate. I was hoping so. Yeah, but you, I'm saying you never felt like, because there's people that, like I've been on this, the spectrum of like seeing the, the kid that's like, he liked the street shit. Like he had to do it, grew up in it, and now he got a chance to get out of it, but he just like it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, did you ever have the moments of like, gee, I like this shit? Like, or was it always like, this is painful. I'm listening to to these songs. This is painful. I don't want to have to do this. I I, I like the the process of 
like the hustle. Yeah. And like how I was able to like manipulate like the game, like to make money. But then like the second we start losing dudes and that's mm-hmm. part of the game too. So the right. process of like losing friends, losing loved ones, losing having to do shit to people, yeah. like it was just like, okay, that's part of it too. And I don't want to make a career out of it or not have a career or somebody take my life because mm-hmm. I'm holding. It's just like, I have to like look at this whole landscape of this hustle different and try to find something else to do. And then shit, I was six six, six five, six six, tall as hell. Yeah, I was like six sneaker. four at the time. Yeah, so it was you just ain't like sneaker shit. Yeah. It's like <laughs> I gotta I gotta tap into this basketball <laughs> thing, see what this look like, because that that will always be there. But I gotta see what this basketball thing look like. Really? That's when I really like start applying myself with the basketball shit. Yeah. Now did you did you play all your life and then it just got serious at a certain point or you didn't get turned on the basketball? Always pick up games at like the park. You know how it is, you know, you plan and then bust a move, you know, go get up. You know what I'm saying? Like, bust a little serve here mm-hmm. and there, go back to the court. Bust a serve, go back to the court. That was like clockwork all day. Mm-hmm. South Park, being out there all day. But then it came to the point where, you know, they came through there and shot it up so much. I was like, all right, let me just try to do something different and see what this looked like. After what? like my 12th, 13th time of, you know, getting arrested, doing 18 months, I'm like, all right, shit, this is it's like recycled behavior. I'm becoming the dudes that mm-hmm. I don't want to mm-hmm. be. Like, I'm becoming my uncles, you know, so let me just try something different. What's that like, like, at a young age, recognizing something like that and then actually trying to do something about it? Yeah, it's tough because you're you're the only one thinking like that. Like, you're thinking different, and different is good. I realize that now, but when you're young, going through that process, it's like different isn't the trend. Right. So you look awkward as hell trying to, you know, step out and pivot. People looking at you crazy. It's like, damn, you're going to pass up on this money. You're going to pass up on, you know, this fame. All the shit they see. Yeah, the symbolic recognition that you get in the hood. Like <laughs> all the, all that love, you're going to pass on that. But it's, I didn't. I'll be I'll be crazy to tell you like I I never saw like college, NBA, millions like I I did not see that shit. I just saw like something different where I could sleep good. I have a peace of mind. When I was locked up, during my eighteen months, it was the most peaceful time I ever had in my life. Yo, as fucked up as that sound. Mike Tyson just said the same had. thing. Sim- really similar. Yeah, something similar. It, it was, was just like. like I didn't have to look over my shoulder. Wasn't nobody shooting Damn. at me. I didn't have to worry about like trying to do something to somebody. It was just peace. It's like do your time. Get your head together. Get your mind right. You know, I think Pac said it best: being alone make you strong. Like mm-hmm. I was just like, all right, I was in that mindset of getting right, so I couldn't be penetrated like mentally when I got out. Nobody couldn't throw like a smoke screen and I just mm. pivot back into the streets. My mom moved out off the neighborhood, uh, the south side. She moved to Midtown. So it was like a whole different dynamic. Cats didn't know me. I was able to just kind of navigate, do my thing and just, you know, get out, work, play basketball and stay out the way. Man, that's beautiful, dog. That's beautiful. Yeah. And that's- it's crazy that he actually, 
you know, like I'm sure that comes to every young man's mind at a certain point, especially when you're younger, like you're 19, 20, like what the fuck am I doing or am I doing the right thing? But the fact that he actually like stepped up to the plate, like, yo, I'm becoming a part of this cycle. Like I need to break it. And like, I need to take these type of steps just to break it. Yeah, no, that's huge. See, with me, I was, I was more so like when I saw uh, that same like trap, so to speak, that, that my guys is getting locked up or this is happening. Like I always sat back and looked at that shit. Even when my uncles would do stupid shit if I saw Ari do super shit, anybody, like, I always looked at that shit like that go, like, they just did that for me. It's like we both just got locked up. Like, yeah. we both just got that smidge and I'm just not going, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to do that. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's damn near like spitting in his face if this nigga go in there like, bro, I just touched that stove. It's hot. Don't touch it. It's like, nigga, what, I'm calling him a liar? Like, I'm going to go in there and touch the shit? No, like, I'm going to try and navigate that way. So I... I feel what you were saying, like when you saying I'm looking at people that damn near wasn't even in in front of me and saying inspire me. You know what I'm saying? Like I used to listen to all them same raps and be listening to that shit, and I'm like, bro, I don't have none of that shit going on where they talking about they ain't had no pot to piss in, and I'm like, mm. I had friends that was singing the shit, and it was like, bro, you don't even it, that don't resonate with you all the way. No and as connection. you get yeah, as you get older, you start you're able to decipher like, you know what I'm saying, the parts of the song you resonate with, mm -hmm. understanding the bigger picture. But it was like growing up, a lot of the shit that we had going on, we were looking at it to uh, to inspire us. And a lot of it becomes trauma because of what you were saying, where you just, you don't know how to not let somebody penetrate your mm -hmm. mind. So when that trauma build back up, it'll just make you snap. It'll make you do something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That you don't want to do. And nine times out of 10, it's like, if we had, I wish we had podcasts back then for like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if we had podcasts where you could hear somebody, like one of your favorite people give it to you straight. Like, oh no, gee. Like, like if I had, if I knew growing up, oh man, Karan, but yeah, man, he had sold drugs before. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? That kid that has that, that double life, that he's hiding it from everybody. But he thinking, man, my life is finna go so wrong. I'm over here selling drugs. Like, what am I doing? Like, he. But it's like if he hear your story now, he like, oh, yeah. he, he had to do the same. Like, I don't feel like such a sore thumb. It's platforms like this, and 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 you know that people feel humble enough to put their guard down and start talking and, and just letting it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like unraveling and just. It's like saying this is what it is. Mm -hmm. Like be, you know, before and and still early on in the podcast game, people wasn't like telling they, their truths and their realities. Oh, and it's they, PR run. Yeah, it was PR run. It's, people do a lot of shit for clickbait stuff mm -hmm. like that. But mm -hmm. it's just like, I think the most flattering thing you can do at you know we ain't made bread. We ain't did all this shit. It's like, what is your legacy gonna be? You know what I mean? Not not just in the sports world because you know you win a championship, whatever the case may be. You get that time. Um, but the roar of the crowd gonna be for somebody else at some point. So it's like, how how do I leave like a huge impact? And it's just by like information. Mm -hmm. It's like just empowering other folks. And then I mean that like sincerely, like this telling your testimony, telling your story, like and giving back in that way. Like somebody, I'm telling you, somebody's gonna listen to this podcast and be like, damn, that's me or Mm -hmm. Like like Lamar was saying, like I connect with that. Like yeah. I'm gonna be different from what I just heard. Mm -hmm. 
You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I'm not a fucking unicorn out here. Like, right, you know right, like, right. And you just like you, you don't feel so much as an outcast. Can you touch on uh, how did you uh, avoid ten to fifteen years? Yeah, we heard about that little yeah, story. Yeah, it was uh, it was so crazy because my bad if we got you snitching on you. No, nah, you 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 straight. Stop it was snitching. No, he, he wants to be vulnerable. No, nah, it's, come it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, like, it's it's out there. It's out right. there. It's documented. Right, um, public record. I was in a a raid in in 96, 97. And um, it was at my house. I was still in high school. I broke my hand and I just got a cast put on the day before and I wasn't feeling right. They gave me like some medication. I was just like off. So I'd end up not going to school. And, you know, I was, I was just fucked up that whole morning. Mm-hmm. By 11 o'clock, boom. Boom, like no getting hit. And I, I jumped up and I looked, I looked out the window at the top story, and I see this. The rap band, you know, like the big ass police bands and all this shit. And I see like lights everywhere. I'm like, oh shit, okay. It's them. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, I was making sure it wasn't here. nobody else. Yeah, you know, here. hitting the door like that. I thought somebody else was coming in, but it was it was them. So I was them. like, okay, I Laid back down, act like I was asleep. And um, they got in. I could hear, like, them scrambling and running all downstairs. But the way that the, the house was made is initially when you come in the house, you don't know it's upstairs because mm-hmm. the stairs is, like, on the back side of the door, and it opens like this uh, outward. So eventually they was like, oh, shit, got to go upstairs. Saying. And they, I heard them coming up. I'm just laying there, hit me with the butt of the I don't know what, they had some big shit on them. Uh, it was the ATF. And um, they hit me with the butt of the gun. Got up, handcuffed, searching the house. Um, they said it was a drug sale or a transaction that happened that morning, mm-hmm. which is fraudulent because I was the only person in the house and I wasn't hustling that right. day. So <laughs> it was so fraudulent. <laughs> but... Uh, it was a legal search. Wrong day. Yeah, guys. wrong day. It was <laughs> oh a legal search. God, right there, wrong, <laughs> wrong day. Yeah, legal search off top. But uh, they took me downstairs mm-hmm. and um, handcuffed me. And they went outside to the garage and they found, I think, a little, a little bit under two ounces of cocaine. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting in the chair. They was like, bingo, we got it. They come back inside the house. And, you know, all the ATF officers start taking off their masks and shit. And I'm just looking like, damn, I'm gone. Yeah. Like, I'm all, I just, I, I literally just got off papers 30, like 25, 30 days ago. Damn. And with my priors, I was facing, I think, 10 to, 10 to 15, like off top, just with the priors. Mm, I've never seen no shit like this before in my life. Like, and y'all know, you know, you get caught with something, whether you're in the car, everybody getting charged with it. Sure, you know, that's yeah. just how it is in our community. But uh, it was this one officer that came from the side that was just like having a conversation and I heard all the like the back and forth and the shit just didn't sound right, but it sounded favorable for me. Mm-hmm. But it didn't sound right, you know? Right, and, right. Um, it was like, unhandcuff him. Like, we're not charging him with that. I was like, damn, that's awkward. The guy came up to me. His name was Sergeant Rick Geller. And he was just like, looked at my hands. I had like little burnt marks and shit on it. 
He was just like, uh, you work? I said, yeah, I work at Burger King. He was like, okay. Was you selling drugs today? Like, nah, I was honest. Not today. He was like, all right, I'm going to let you go. Without the, the description of the individual don't fit you. If you turn me into a liar, I'm going to charge you with this shit. And I was like, that. And from that moment, I really was on the straight and narrow from that. Like, I was just like, I got to get, like, it went from, like, playing basketball, like, trying to do the right thing to, like, I'm about to get the fuck out of here. Because right. like, I, can, I can go. So it's like, I'm one of the top players in the country at the time. I only went to, like, a couple AAU tournaments. I had, like, Nike on my side. Mm -hmm. I was like, I got to go. Like, somebody Daddy, get me the fuck out of here. So how much better do you think you would have been if you was just straight, narrow, hooping the whole time? See, that's the thing. Like, I felt like I cheated myself <laughs> Real talk. That's what I'm hearing. I'm like, bro, he was raw as hell. <laughs> <laughs> that's about, what it yeah, was. It was, just, it. it was just raw, though. But, like, the same things that— That's your advantage, too. That— the streets was my advantage. Like, it made me raw. Right. The shit that I was seeing in real time made me That's what I was. You was living the life of a 30-year-old man at 11. You was drafted in uh, 2002, right? No doubt. With the players you were drafted with and your mindset, like, how has your perspective and everything changed, like, as far as basketball? Because I know you're a coach now, too, so... Talk about, like, that development from player to coach, especially, like, being a younger player back then to mm -hmm. coaching now. Yeah, I, I think I had, like, just a mentality where I can just get my shit off versus anybody. So that's how I attacked the game, like, offensive-minded. Mm -hmm. uh, defensively, you know, I was engaged, you know, just from a pride standpoint. You always right, want to win right, your matchup. Right, yeah. But... Um, as a coach, it's like you survey the whole game differently. It's like it's prep, it's schemes. It's like you're looking to enhance everybody, you know, on the roster. You know, everybody need to be an active participant in the process of getting the quality win. Was it something easy for you to do? Like no, I, I think it was because I always been able to, like, connect and touch folks. You know what I mean? And my messaging always been good. That I, I, I felt like like, I can gas you to, like, do some crazy shit, mm -hmm. or I can gas you to, like, change your life. That's you know what I'm saying? So, like, I, the streets. I, yeah, that, that, <laughs> that, that came from the streets. So, like, now I got the gift of gab to just, you know, like, empower and encourage you to go get that bag. Like, go help this team win a game. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you man. got the credentials to back it. So, it's like, uh, I, all right. Right, I'll listen to you. But it's the, it's the delivery, too. It's the being able to, you can go in a room where everybody's got a suit on and a tie. Facts. And then you could walk right out that room and go in there where everybody got white tees and you feel fine. It's like when if you're a young player, I remember coming into the league, we would gravitate. Like when we was in, uh, mm -hmm. where was that, Israel or Mexico? Yep. Yeah, With Israel. The Israel. Israel. Uh, when we out there in Israel, it's like, you got you can have older guys that'll be out there like, man, I ain't doing nothing with these young dudes. Like, y'all yeah. <laughs> good. Or you had those guys that do like you do. We all sit down and eat. And Miles, you know, you can sort of see it in us that we don't know how to like all the way take up your time. <laughs> like, we still looking at it like, no, nah, that's still dude. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if he want me just all of this shit and shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you start like trying to like you want to ask these these little questions or you want to see, am I doing these things right? And I just think that it's dope that he can do it in all forms. Like 
young crowds immediately, like, the moment they say, oh, he could talk our language, like, mm. just so much more receptive to information. Like, I could listen to him tell me what to do at the end. He'd be like, man. And then he could also say, you know, I play, so I, I get it. You coming down. Ah, you got I all this. Exactly. Yeah. I know you want to get in. You know, <laughs> coach tripping on you. Like, I know the feeling. Like, somebody that can talk it like that makes that turnover that, that could make that mm -hmm. guy just check out for the Loose. rest of the game. Yeah. That turnover, he could come right over there. The head coach don't even got to come over there. Hey, sweaty, you straight. That shit happened to me all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, I let him know, too, that real he's talk, straight. Like, yeah, he's super straight, bro. Yeah. Like, every player. It's part of it. Exactly. <laughs> if, and if he sits down now, it's going gonna, it's gonna to ruin him. Yeah. Like, if he got to deal with that play. Exactly. Like, if you deal like that, he going to feel like you don't trust him. And then you got a different type ball player mm -hmm. next game. Back. <laughs> Now he really hungry. Real tough. Yeah, right, right. He put the battery in his back. <laughs> Real tough. Yeah, let me give y'all a little context. Yeah, uh, the Israel trip. So, what was that, my second year in the league? You was, you, you was young. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we went out there with Omri. We did some some clinics. We got to do, uh, we did the deep red, the deep. The Dead Sea. Dead Sea. Wailing Wall. Oh man. That's the prayer wall, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, we it was some it was some it was definitely some cool stuff. We got to 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 go out there and you know, all the young ass, we all we was thinking the whole time, like, bro, like, when was we gonna be in Israel? Like That's crazy. Yeah, it's just like some of the stuff that you get to do, you you sit back as a basketball player, you sit down and you just be like, Bro, when I was in Old Park, right. you know what I'm saying? Like playing every day and running around here with sunflower seeds in my book bag and shit. Like, I'm like, gee, I'm sitting here floating in the sea. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't like did nothing. Yeah, I'm just laying here. Like, I'm, I'm sitting in the middle like that. I couldn't believe it. Dirty as hell when we got out. We took that mud dirty ass. Yeah, the mud bag. We was dirty as hell when we did it. Yeah, I'm like, bro, I cannot yeah. believe we did that. We going up to the prayer wall. You remember when they were chasing us? All them people started chasing us. I'm like, bro, that's crazy that they in the middle of prayer. They in the middle of feeling like, you know, they need this to have this connection or have this faith or have this, this this energy to go on. And then us as basketball players just wanting to come and see what's going on, see a different culture, see what they're dealing with. And for them to stop something holy and run up to us, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, shit, this shit is crazy. Yeah, yeah I'm like, crazy. that was a mind blow for me. I'm like, bro, they are sprinting from a prayer wall. Just to get a glimpse of us and see us, like, yo, come, come by the wall. They was mm -hmm. like, yeah, come, you put your put something in there, like, yeah, to whatever yeah, your prayer the, uh, is. Yeah, yeah, they like come the do that, notes. man. I'm like, dog, this is insane. That uh, basketball, like, bro, that should have take you in. Like, if you a shorty at home, man, basketball, football, tennis, soccer, all these sports, bro. Real talk, man, it's crazy to think that whatever ball they use, man, it really could just get you out of somewhere, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it was always crazy to me. Like, bro, that is nothing but air and leather, my nigga. Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. And the fact that, you know, what you were talking about, yeah, the, like, when he said, when you said you gravitated towards him, like, I did the same shit. Uh, when we were there, it was a couple outings. Like, y'all didn't want to go on the, uh, mm -hmm. The early outings and we shit. We didn't know where they was, was at. Going out. Yeah. <laughs> That's the young fellas. We knew they was at. They were asleep. 
Yeah, they would sleep. But anything before hey, 10 a.m., anything before 10 a.m., they weren't a part of it. But <laughs> you, you were. Like, he brought his fam down. And yeah, I remember that's what, that's he would be there for breakfast yeah. and then we'd Enjoy be going through, the I, yeah, going through the itinerary. But he actually was, like, interested in seeing the city, yeah. taking in the sights, in like say he was actually interested. Like, I wasn't interested. <laughs> no, I just no, no, missed no, no. the early hours. No, no, no. I didn't mean it like that. But I'm, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying there was a difference. Like, clearly, I realized at that point, like, oh, oh yeah, like, he was definitely enjoying life. And it's like, he's older, too. Yeah. So it was just like, he's not, you know, he's not just running through here. It's not so much as just like yeah. an experience. It's more like, you know, he's learning. He's doing other shit. So I was like, man, I'm like, let me get like him. Tap let me in. slow down. Yeah. yeah. And that was like right before we had seen the uh, the Holocaust Museum. Our tour guide actually had took us through the museum. And I don't know if you recall this, but her mother was actually oh, yeah. the one, one the that people, was right? one of the seven or eight people that was actually yeah. uh, part of that whole process. Mm -hmm. So it was like, oh, my. Yeah. Like this, going through that history, and at the end, she just kind of like dropped mm -hmm. that jewel. like Because mm -hmm. she do it all the time. She do it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Same. oh, wow. That was yeah. a dope experience. And, you know, going on the helicopters. Uh, Chris Brown had yeah. the yeah, concert the out concert there. Out. Then we went to the gym. We got some shots mm -hmm. up together. Yeah, like, it we was got just, to play one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, it was a connection, man. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was dope. Was dope. Shout out to Aubrey Caspi, man. Yeah, My boy. Man. Boy, he put together a hell of a trip. We ain't go back next year. <laughs> <laughs> NBA ain't care that goddamn much. <laughs> but <laughs> I tell you what, Omri, you all right with yeah. me, boy. You yeah. all right with me, yeah. boy. You put yeah. together something big like play. that. Big play. Oh, my mm -hmm. mama. Big, big play. play no, unlimited French fries. Unlimited I don't know French why. Fries. Everywhere we Gold went. toothbrush. Right, right. Everywhere we went, <laughs> sweets and unlimited French fries. Oh, man. Like we going to switch up the buck. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we have to. We have to. Uh, favorite early moments of your career? Like wow moments where you was like, um, my, I'm here. My 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 first bucket, because you know the game, the NBA game like changed so much from a physicality standpoint. Back See, in he the got to two. get it in, dog. Yeah, it 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 was the hand checking was still there. You know what I mean? I ain't gonna lie, it'd been rough for y'all if they let me hand check. It, it, it was it was tough, dog. I'm telling you, it was like. Real talk. They was, and they didn't have his own yet. But they right? was cool nah, with the zone. smacking hands. Like, I yeah, love you can, that. You like, can hit it off, but you could hold for a, a one count. You had the mm -hmm. arm bar. Like, you could do that. You could ride a, a defender, yeah. an offensive player, rather. But uh, my first bucket, I was just like, okay, what is this going to look like? Because summer league, you know, dudes going on 40, 50%. Mm -hmm. They ain't doing nothing heavy. So that wasn't a real test. But uh, we played our first game, I think, versus the Orlando Magic. And the, and the shot came off. It was my first two points in the league. And I just like knifed down. I did like a slot cut, took off, caught a dunk. And then it's like all that shit, like the jitters, the everything gone. was just gone. It was just like, all right, I saw that thing go in. Yeah. I'm yeah. here. For sure. Like crowd went crazy. For sure. And afterwards, I was talking to my queen. I was like, baby. Oh, we we straight. Like, oh we, yeah, I'm about to, I'm about to wreck shot because <laughs> like, it, it started off high as supposed to. Yeah. It, it wasn't a funky start. Like I shot a high percentage. It was just like, okay, we good, okay. clean, yeah, good. clean. We're gonna be around for a minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know that vibe. I still remember my first bucket, pro hop. Oh yeah, yeah. I got that broken play driving it. Uh, it was against uh Boston. And Didn't you I, get hurt? I got hurt sometimes, yeah. But like right after first. that, right? No, it wasn't after that. It was, it was like second quarter. 
some shit like that. My first, my first bucket was in the first, first quarter. Mm-hmm. I was like, quick. Yeah, Hell yeah, it was here. quick. I was finna pass it, and then I did a pro hop rondo, like slap my arm trying to go for a strip. I laid it up. See, I'm like, damn, well, my first bucket would be a goddamn air war. But boy. didn't it go off the glass? Uh-huh. When you laid it up, didn't it go off the glass? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was a layup. Yeah. But I'm saying it, I think you went up the middle and it went off the glass. No, I remember I had to pro hop and bring it over to my right hand. His long arm ass just Rondo. slapped. Hell yeah. I'm like, this motherfucker arm so long. Oh, I learned a lot that game, remember? I, I told had to you. move the ball all the way over here, dog. After a pro hop, I put the ball all the way over here. He still swiped at that shit. That game gave me confidence in him because I was just like, yo, I'm seeing everybody else's games. And I was just like, damn. Like, I seen Kevin Garnett and I'm just like, he got to deal with that. And then oh, I seen yeah. Rondo. Like, I had never seen before that game, somebody pick up the basketball. Oh man, when palm he did it, that but he was play. palming it and calling the play. Uh, so he only really he had three, three or four it. fingers on the ball. You know when he do that, yeah. he, he was like, he was like, hey, but go. he was pointing. He's like, go through, go uh-huh. through. But it was like how he did it. I'm like, because I, yeah. <laughs> big you hand. see, but you see people palm the ball all the time. But, but it's the like fact they that like he was when people palm the ball. Yeah. It's like press it in. Like, yeah, like he not struggling. Like, yeah, I got he it. Just swinging it around. Oh, that's different. Yeah, they tossed him the ball out the with the inbound, and he snatched it out there. I was like, bro, that's crazy my it, just, like, it gives you a different idea yeah, it make of, you back the fuck up off his handle like yeah. I don't want none of that that man could pick that up and palm that at any time that shit, it really made and me he did that intentionally too right. just for you to think that right. oh yeah, right. yeah you know, know. it's a game hey, within the no, game I ain't gonna lie though when you did that bro <laughs> you called the plays with the two fingers up there I, <laughs> I was scared yeah I ain't know what to do with you I ain't gonna lie dog I was really reevaluating talent at that point that's a different type of pass yeah I'm like what do you work on that do yeah. you just you just wake up and you can do that or? I always knew he was going to be good because I, I watch all the newcomers that come mm-hmm. in the game but mm-hmm. I always knew he was going to be good from the jump because whenever you play that position mm-hmm. you got to go two three sometimes even the four mm-hmm. uh, you switching or you know you're doing the 14 switching one through four it's like he was able to guard without fouling multiple positions yeah might have been before your time. That's you know, might have been a tab before your time. You know what it is though, and I, and I think that young young guys, I, I preach it all the time. A lot of this shit is just being a fan of basketball. Mm. Like before certain games, it's like yeah, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. But if I watch enough basketball on you, I start seeing he like doing this. He likes doing that. A pattern? Yeah, just period. You just start picking up on who a motherfucker is. Like, KYP. Yeah, know your personnel for sure. Like, you you got to know, and you got to know him so well, like, oh, at the end of the game, he want to defer to his buddy. He don't even really want to smoke. Because you got to play the game within mm-hmm. the game, too, where you got to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I got to have some mind control. You might already be hot. <laughs> <laughs> you might already be cooking our ass, so I need to, to know yeah. how to play the, the game within the game. <laughs> Real. You What's 100%. that? Is that a hard foul? Oh, all that. Uh, yeah, that hard foul where you where yeah, you start feeling like, damn, I don't want to go in there no more. Like, y'all flagrant. That's crazy. Hey, <laughs> you gotta make them think. Real. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you got, but that's an old school style. I think I miss that too. That you can't do the hard foul no more. You can hard foul. Your coach be looking at you like that's a free throw and the ball. What you right. doing? Like, ball in the air, running through somebody. Yeah, no, all yeah. that. I remember now, getting, we, now that we remember, we were coached to do that. 
like oh, run through uh, the ball. Just, not run through the ball, but like if somebody, like say, if somebody defending you a certain way and you can't deal with it, like give him one good, you yeah, know, take run him five, over. Yeah. yeah, like run him clean over. He gonna think of just like yeah, you said. Yeah, don't argue with the ref. Just run right, back. and then just like you got that one, and they gonna think about it the next yeah. time. Now they be woo mm-hmm. review. <laughs> That was intentional. He had malicious intent. Mm-hmm. Be like, I didn't they throw see you him. clean out. Yeah, they throw you clean out now. Nah. Real talk. They, they, they checked the replay to see if your eyes was on them before you turned and shit. I'm like, bro, y'all going too hard. It's changed. Huh? It's changed. Think about it. It's, it's going to actually get even worse, you know, because there's more money on the floor. Yeah. So just like insurance policies got to protect, you know, everything under the umbrella insurance, they got to protect the players. Over your career, man, you played with some of the best in the game. You was traded for Shaq to the Lakers. Uh, what stood out to you most about playing with Kobe? Uh I mean, all the stuff we're talking about. Uh, we talk about disposition, mentality. Mm-hmm. When I went, when I went to Miami, the godfather of the game, Pat Riley, always talked to me about uh, smooth Pat. Yeah, the disposition, <laughs> being consistent, the the hard work, your work ethic, all that stuff, and then. You go to Los Angeles and you see Kobe, like he literally at the podium while we get traded. Uh, I know my wife remember this. We get out there and um, he signs for $133, $134 million. And um, the second he signed the contract, he turned to the right, like, hey, hey, motherfucker, let's black out. Like, you ready to black out? And I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? Like, like he just he just signed for one thirty five one and he like I'd have been thinking drugs. No, like, he, he, he like let's black out and that that was his that was his workouts uh-huh. that they call blackouts and I was just mm. like okay like okay dope like when we doing that he was like tomorrow seven a.m. black the fuck out like we about to black out I was like oh shit <laughs> so I was like he said oh shit I was like I just came here for a press conference real like, talk suit like I'm. Oh, you oh like, he's not even prepared. I'm not. All right, fuck it. Okay, let me get get right. I'll be here. And went end up going to work out, and it was like the reps of six spots or seven spots. I'm sorry, where you're doing you know twenty makes, and you go out twenty, twenty, mm-hmm. twenty, twenty, go around, go back, more game speed, and then you start the working on the counters, and you work your way out to the perimeter, and you got two guys that come on. Now they're defending, like they're the defensive rotation. And then you go through that whole shit for like 90 minutes to two hours, and then you lift weights, and we done. Damn, ooh. I'm like, all right. He's like, yeah, we come back at 6. Like, all right, 6 a.m. He's like, no, 6 p.m., get something to eat, come back. We do this shit again. We get this shit in again. I was like, like, damn. I know like, this. I was like, I was like that's, that's different. Yo, it be his eyes when he say it Yeah, to but you. he was like, no smirk, no, he's Nothing. like, and at six, we come back and do this shit again. And then he go to the next thing. And he, he was gone. <laughs> and I was just like, like, shit, we got, okay. Kobe, yeah. right. Hey, what happened when he went back at six? He went it's back, the did thing. the shit again, it's like, he all right, see robot, you in the morning bro. at six. He a robot. And it was just every day, all summer. But I tell you, it was the best thing that ever happened to me in my life because like that work, that work ethic that I watched him display and what he instilled in me, mm-hmm. um, it led to me like going to all-star games and everything because that experience with him and watching film with him, like every plane trip, 
um, sitting with him. He chopping it up, looking at film. All right, see the defense, this, what? And I'm like, damn, I never looked at the game like that. I'm looking at, he's like, nah, like, like you got to see it. Like, this is the line of defense. This is the basket line. They cross it. Rotation guy, he's open. You know, you got to work the backside. And I'm like, okay. I'm looking at the game totally different. The shit, like the puzzle and all that shit starting to make sense. Mm. And um, like he just changed me forever, bro. Like he really did. And just like off the court too, with everything I'm doing, like he enhanced me in that capacity too, like from writing to creating stories, everything. So wow. I'm forever grateful for that experience. Mm. We learned to love from Kobe. That was Kyrie, man. So when mm-hmm. I was in Cleveland, anytime Kyrie felt a little off, he called Cove and talked with Cove about shit, but it was raw to like, even like hear some of the shit that he would come back with. Cause you know, Kyle, of course, cause it was coming from Cove, he like, yo, Bean said, <laughs> yo, yo, Bean told me we doing good. We just, you know, <laughs> like, you know, you get jewels from dude yeah. while you in the playoffs. It's like, dude, you can't get it no better. Um, but you would hear these, these things from Cove and uh, it, it was good to know like this dude, is doing these workouts and doing all this, and he's still a fan of the game. Huge. He's still watching every game because he needs to know if this person is on a a hot streak, if this team is doing good, if they're playing great basketball. Like he, I remember being on the phone one day and saying that he was uh, was only watching, I believe he was like only watching Memphis because he was like, that's who he's going to have to deal with. Like, like, yeah, I'm just watching Memphis like, I'm only following them right now because he's looking at how it's going to line up in the playoffs and shit. And I'm just like, bro, that's insane. That, but don't like, think that he's watching just like as a fan. Like, he was watching the game. He wanted to know the BOBs, yeah. the ATOs. He wanted like, to know every way he finna mm-hmm. kill Late game y'all. situations. Oh. Like, he knew your tendency. Everything. <laughs> if you trying to get a stop or you just there, like, mm-hmm. to put your hand up. Like, he'll tell you that. Like, he's not trying to, he's not trying to stop you. Just trying to contest. <laughs> but he'll say that to you. Like, don't worry, just shoot it. Like, he's he just trying to contest. He's not trying to stop crazy. you. He'll be like, crazy. bro, what the fuck is you talking about? That man is dead in your face. He's like, yeah, but it's a contest. It's a difference. Late contest. <laughs> yeah, late contest. Fuck like, it. <laughs> did you ever, you. taking this type of advice, did you ever, like, fall back and be like, man, like, I'm not capable of this shit? <laughs> nah, that's, that's what I'm like thinking. Bad bars. <laughs> but that's some dudes, like, he said, like, you know, they know who they are. <laughs> you ain't got to say no names, but it was like a lot of dudes that said they was like that or, you know, in our mm-hmm. era that was, you know, household names that came to blackout, you know, they fell by the wayside because they was just like, this shit is too much. too much. And they was just naturally gifted and talented. And I was that too, but I needed that work. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like to mm-hmm. redefine my game and he was perfect for me. Boy, that boy's, man. I wouldn't have did the different. 430 yeah, shit. And it's same, it's 430 same like, on the track and all that yeah, shit. Is he was See, that's what we did in Miami, too, you know, with the, uh, okay. you know, the 10s That's and why the they do so well, though, because if you're in shape at a certain level, like one long, once you're in that super top game shape, it's like, bro, you can coast through. You can teach a motherfucker anything. Hey, think about if you go, like, if you're in optimum condition and you start the the preseason mm-hmm. where all everybody come in, like, in, shape. in best shape. That's half the battle because a lot of people just play themselves into shape. Mm-hmm. And with the money that's being made now, you can't tell no one like you got to be here and then you got to be there. You just like all right, shit. I'm just trying to manufacture something that works for both of us, like mm-hmm. where it's a medium. So 
you know, we get we get out ahead of the the eight ball like mm -hmm. that, just by being in shape. You think it's like a focus thing too? Like you don't have to deal with you know somebody trying to make weight or trying to cut their weight or whatever. Yeah, I th I th with us, it's just part of the culture. Mm -hmm. You know, part of our creed. People know like to come in, be ready. You, I'm letting you down if I'm not right. Right. Mm -hmm. you know Accountability. What I mean? Accountability at its finest. You play for for nine teams. What's the key to learning how to play different roles and uh, becoming a part of either a nucleus or an add-on to a team to get, you know what I'm saying, further the next year? Yeah, I, I think a lot of people would say what we just talked about, conditioning and stuff like that, but I would say just, like, know the game. Like, you have to know the game. And the first thing, like, I've known all my life and how I've been able to survive, 42 years old now is by reading the room, reading the situation. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to any organization, any locker room, I'm like, what's my reality? Define reality. What is mm -hmm. it? How do I fit in this puzzle? Or do I fit into this puzzle? You know right, what I'm saying? Right. So it's like, it's just like processing that shit real quick. He's the score. Do they need another score? Do they like mm -hmm. check all the boxes? And then that's how you amplify like who you are on any team or organization. And you package that when you message that, you you give that to your players 100%. Because a lot of people come in thinking, I just got to get to my bag. But we already, we got motherfuckers that mm -hmm. get to their bag already. Can do what you do. Yeah, at, at, at elite High level. Clip, yeah. So now we need you to like buy into this creed. Like defense, effort, energy, 50-50 ball, muscle shit. And then you'll get right. amplified down the line by all the other things that you do. How do you do that right now? I feel like that's the biggest issue with the league right now. You can't really put much value on yourself for intangibles or anything if at the end of the season you don't have numbers to compare and contrast. There's no room for a contract for you. Yeah, well, I think if an organization, if you come to an organization like ours, we, you know, we led the league in charges. Right, so we that shit is important to us. We need people to sacrifice things, sacrifice your body, no that. defensive rotation, things like that. So it's like I've you always. might not get value somewhere else, but we value you yeah. here for that type shit. Take a guy like Caleb Martin, who was like literally not in the league. Mm -hmm. Charlotte had waived him. Um, he reached out. Uh, actually, J. Cole reached out, and he was just like, "Bro, we I got a dude." You need to check him out. Check him out. I was like, have him fly up, we playing pickup. He come, open run, diving on the floor. Wasn't making shots that day, but he was just active, electric. Like, this is a motherfucker that we like, need, and he's part of this culture. Like, he he's a mirror image of what we do and what we're all about, what we embody. Long story short, you know, he 20 million, 20 plus million mm -hmm. this summer. You know, so that's like, we're about that shit. If you do the little shit, if you compete at a high level, if you're about winning, mm -hmm. where our franchise player, Jimmy Butler, is like that, he don't give a shit about the numbers. He, all he's trying to do is just win. You know what I mean? And if you're about that and you can amplify and move the needle in that process, you don't want people all in your right. videos, <laughs> all in it. Come to Miami, death, bro. <laughs> Come to Miami. Hold it in heat. Nah, that man. Well, y'all shit. Y'all could have got me. Y'all know I ain't scared to smack a motherfucking shit. Y'all could have got me anytime, y'all. <laughs> no, I didn't um, want to deal with that. Uh, are there any um, 
players on the Heat roster that you've yeah. helped develop and you got like a special relationship with them now. It's like, you know what I'm saying? One of them one of them situations where it's like, man, I know this was my job, but I'm like really happy that I bonded mm-hmm. with this person. Yeah, you know what? I, I've connected with everybody from uh, across the board. Uh, Jimmy, um, obviously Kyle, PJ when he was with us. Mm-hmm. Um, Caleb Martin we just talked about. Um, Bam, you know, from Thanksgiving to, you know, whatever holidays we celebrate, and if, you know, we celebrate it together. They come to our houses. They, you know, we just, oh, it's no. a it's a real family atmosphere. Like, we don't preach the creed and not live by it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That, that shit is real. Like, we care about, you know, all our young kings, you know what I mean, and try to enhance them and empower mm-hmm. them. That's dope. It is dope. Back to the teammates. Who are your favorite? Who are some of your favorite teammates that you played with in your career? Uh, hands down, uh, Kobe Bryant. Uh, Dirk, KD, Gilbert, I think Russ as well, uh, Chris Paul. I, I had some heads, not just because they're names, but just because they was just great, genuine dudes that mm-hmm. like went above and beyond, you know, outside of just the regular teammate shit. Mm-hmm. And, and still do till this day, like checking on you, making sure you're good, whatever the case, checking on the family, all that. Like it's that shit matters. Surface level teammates. And then, mm-hmm. yeah. Guys that are like really hit your line. Like, yeah, I'm gonna talk to you after basketball. Yeah, like, right, right. Because they could tell, like, at practice today, something in your life. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah something yeah, in your life yeah. was bothering you. Like, you was playing hard, like, you might have killed, but they could just tell, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. something inside Someone's of you is right. fucked up. Yeah. yeah. That's that family atmosphere you're talking about. Y'all been together for. Yeah, know. after a while, you do spend more time yeah. with your teammates than your, your real fam- family. Yeah. It should yeah. be crazy. It's like working at any other job. Like, no, most people did. do. No, I'm saying most people, like, if you work a nine to five, like, usually 40 hours a week, Damn. you can tell shit like that with other people. Really? Like, you can come in and be like, yeah, he off today. <laughs> no matter what he told me, like, like, he said he was straight, he off today. Like, he mm. don't usually do shit like that. Or That's he real. don't usually sound like that. So, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I ain't never had no nine to five, guys. <laughs> Tough. What? I ain't never had no nine to five to evaluate somebody emotionally. I mean, I technically I you did. It. I mean, technically you did. I don't think if I could do it, boy. If we was working at a bank and you caught attitude, I'd be like, boy, I don't get no <laughs> fuck. You go over handle your shit on your own. <laughs> no, you know, usually, no, we don't know goddamn thing. You don't got to do. You don't got to deal with it, but it's just like you can feel it or you can tell just because you yeah. know how they are. And yeah, you know how they I'm just letting you know you ain't the Chris Paul of this nine to five over there, <laughs> Joe. Don't be calling me after work and shit. You not Chris Paul. You heard the nickname Tough Juice. <laughs> How'd you get Tough Juice the nickname? I think it initially started with Coach Eddie Jordan. Just mm-hmm. playing through injuries, playing through all type of shit. You know, um, remember one time in practice, he was like, man, you you a tough motherfucker. Like, they said you wasn't, like the staff said you wasn't playing today. I was like, no, I'm rocking. I'm playing. <laughs> like, and I was always like that, whether it was, you know, fractured finger, mm-hmm. hand. Take me up. Whatever. I'm like, I'm out there. And uh, might, might have not been the wisest thing <laughs> from a value standpoint because, you know, I'm fucking with my, my right, capital. But right. at the same time, it was like, it was something that stuck. And I knew it stuck. Um, we was playing the Celtics. Jump ball situation. And, you know, K, KG always talking shit. Oh, you know, mm-hmm. but he always connect with the real ones out there. You know, you could come say like, what up, what, what up, dog? Like, you know, whatever, but. He come up, he's like, tough juice. What's up, dog? Like, shit. And I was like, okay, you got the memo. Mm. Like, it's a new name alert, you know, Type surfacing. Shit. Yeah, so it was just like, all right. So you weren't even calling yourself that yet. Hell no. Like, okay. I think that's, that's. So it was so like, 
So it was confirmed when when Ticket said it. Yeah, when Ticket, he was like, Tough Juice, what's up? You know, I was like, okay. I was like, fuck it, that's what it is. Yeah, it's out there. That's That's what it is. Yeah. Damn, KG gave your name. Yeah, <laughs> that's <him>. fire. <laughs> the streets named him. That's cold as hell. Yeah. <laughs> I loved him for that, though, dog. I loved KG. Energy. Paul Pierce for that. Like, Energy. It's like, bro, I they gave me that cringy feeling like, I hate you, bro. Yeah. Like, I hate you. I hate you for the years you played against my team and got off. Like, I hate you for so many. And they, they felt it and allowed it. Like, yeah. Invited it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've seen them outside and they're, you know what I'm saying? Super great dudes. Like, yeah. That's the cool thing about everybody in the league. Off the court, off the court, everybody's super cool. Everybody's a family guy. I love that the NBA now lets us bring the kids all back in the back. Like, yeah. everybody be bringing their kids mm-hmm. in the back and shit. Like, the shit is dope. But it's like that 48 minutes to hate each other is so beautiful. It's real. It's so beautiful, bro. Like, we allowed to just say any and everything. Like sometimes it do spill off the court after a little bit. Yeah, it get it get crazy. But I think it's cool that all these grown ass men respect the the code in saying for these forty eight minutes. Yeah, fuck you, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, you fall on the floor. I'm not helping you up. Get your teammate to help you up. We could do anything like that we want to do in between these lines. And then after the whistle blow and the, and the buzzer go off, we'll go back right. to being regular. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't hate your kids. That's what makes the <laughs> conversations like so dope now, right? Mm-hmm. So I just came from Vegas and, you know, my OG, uh, shout out to Jason Kidd and Chauncey Billers, Big Shot and Kmart and all, like passing in the hallways. But the, the, the what's ups is different because it's like, What's up, fam? Like, yeah, right. damn, I, you get the flashback. Mm-hmm. Like, damn, we went through so much shit yeah. together. Like, I was, you know, taking a charge, trying to guard you, couldn't guard you, couldn't guard me. It's just all like, head all that go, it's just like, damn, like, them conversations be so, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, dog. Yeah, yeah, it's like a different, let me give right. you five minutes to, you know, pay homage, let you smell oh, your roses. Yeah, yeah, just like a, that that's, how, that's how that's I feel funny. as a fan with certain players. Like I appreciate, I feel like I appreciate more players, especially the older players I grew up watching. I appreciated them way more once they stepped away from the game. Mm-hmm. Like Kobe, I appreciated Kobe way more once he stepped away. Yeah, I don't think you you really. Fun, it's because I hate it. No, it's because I, you know me, I personally hated Kobe as a fan because I was didn't. Like no, no, that wasn't even that. Like I enjoyed that part of him. Oh, you talking about the fact that he was a Laker? Like I didn't like, you know, I didn't. Like the Lakers growing up, I yeah. always always root Bulls against guys. them. Yeah, so I always root against them, and he was one of those guys who yeah he don't care. Yeah, and he doesn't <laughs> go home. That's another thing I've seen. Kobe was one of the only players oh, yeah. who just you can't just send him home. Like it's gonna take no. it's gonna take an overtime. It's gonna take a fifty yeah. point game. He gonna it's hit gonna the last twenty five yeah. points yeah. for his and team. He gonna turn in the it corner. up. Yeah, like he's not yeah, just yeah. gonna and turn around. Never over. Yeah, yeah. So, and then he gonna give you this if he really ends up. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to bother you because it's like, that's what Mike yeah, does that. Yeah, yeah. That's why I used, no, I real life realized that's why I used to hate Cole. I hated that he was actually being like Mike. Yeah. We all grew up trying yeah, to do it. He wasn't being like him. He was, that's like you. That's you what him. I'm saying. Yeah. You Mirror him. Him. Like, yeah, literally, like, we want to we wanna hit the shot over three people with the buzzer going off, falling back with the foot, and then do that. We want to do that, but nobody actually got to do it. Him, Allen Iverson, uh, fucking uh, Kevin Garnett. Like, I really respected all of those guys once they stepped away just mm. because you don't see that anymore. Oh, and well, even I'm... if you see something similar to it, 
they try to tone it, like, tone it down. Like, yeah. there's nobody who's going to come in and talk the way Kevin Garnett talked to players. Like, Draymond Green, yeah, but no. Because it's just like, you know, he... It's just not the same club. That's what I mean. It's just but it's it's a, not It the actually same is the same club. It's just not... No. I don't know. Because they're not the same player and all that. So it's just, Ticket to was me, just it's a different, different weight. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. different weight to it. Ticket like, also was a, a goddamn avatar. He was 7-1. Yeah. Handling yeah, the ball. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, he don't get talked yeah. about enough. You don't think so? Nah, he don't get talked about enough. Because he, he didn't do different. enough. He, he, he was very uh, true to self. Yeah. I think Ticket could have... I bet there's probably a story that he could have been a bigger name and probably just... I, I take it as he just didn't want to do it. Yeah. Like As far as like off the court and trying to be all nice, like he literally like... I feel like he wanted to be a demon and play basketball the way he knew he played it and stay out the way. Like... I love players that do do that, yeah. like, where I could tell, like, yeah, he could say the right things and sign a couple of more deals, but they just be like, nah, I ain't doing that. They're like, top five talent, like, ever. I just want to hoop. KG? Ever. Bro, think about it. No, I'm saying top I, five, I could, ever. Ever. KG? I could face you up. I could rebound. What I could push you on do? the floor. I had heart. I had it. He like, ever. It, he could defend. He could guard one through five. Bro, ever. He could, he could bring the ball up. Think about it. He didn't have no weak. Like, what was his weakness? Top five. What was his weakness? Yeah, I won. I'm saying like right he hand, shoot, left hand, jump hook, right. face up, dunk, dog, <laughs> don't like you, coast to coast. Man, I, what couldn't he do at seven foot? He a Tim Duncan guy, so oh, you yeah, can't yeah, do I'm this. Big Tim Duncan. That's, that's all he thinking is that's top really. Five. He I'm thinking like, top man. five. He like, but where does? If you I'm got saying, KG talent and Tim Duncan, top five talent. Now he ever. got, now he got Mike. He he just he's yeah, looking he, at his slot. Oh, you just fucking yeah, slot. Then up. I'm just like Larry Bird, Michael <laughs> yeah, Jordan, like, what? Yeah, <laughs> right, like <laughs> Moses Malone. I'm just like I don't know. That's the he's next thing. Thinking tier. of all his favorite guys. <laughs> That's the next tier. That's the next tier. That's what I'm saying. Like, he know where I'm going. So he's thinking like, of all those guys. Like next tier. Yeah, my window just getting smaller and smaller. So I'm just like popped up. Right, right. Not having a father figure in your early childhood. What are some of the biggest lessons you like to instill in your children? Well, one, you know, having that boy taught me a lot about um, all the things that I did want to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, something as simple as just fucking waking up and having breakfast. You know, just sitting at the table, reading the back of a cereal box or something, and just, like, the, the joy that you get from those conversations, mm -hmm. right? So um, my main thing is just having a different voice in the house. Like, I thought that was extremely important, um, having that connection. I got four girls, one son. So my wife is always, like, she's there, like, mm -hmm. hands-on every day. And I try to be there, like, for those moments as much as possible. Like, wake up before they go to school, breakfast. Like, I got to be there. I got to, like, be part of that energy. Mm -hmm. And then it's, like, making sure that I experience things with them, not just give them financial gifts and things like that, but like make sure that I'm an active participant in the experiences, mm -hmm. whether mm -hmm. it's fucking riding a bike, yeah. just, you know, anything like yeah. being at the beach. And I, I do get distracted because you know I got a lot of shit right. going on, but right. it's just like at the same time, I just try to be a part of all those moments. And I think that's like, that's paramount for uh, any, any man. I mm -hmm. like that you said that too, like not just being there in the physical, but like being there, like yeah. I'm not sitting here on my phone, yeah, 
or doing yeah, this. Right. Like, yeah, like if I'm only if I'm only here for thirty minutes, I'm staring in their eyes and giving them what they need for that thirty minutes yeah. before I gotta go. Like I used to do the same shit where I, I felt like my wife had so much time when I would leave. Like if I gotta do this or do that, she's got this time where you know. I would damn near be frustrated because I'm like, you you don't see what she's doing? Like, she looking like, boy, that girl been doing that all day for the last <laughs> week and a half. You just been you on just the road. just caught on yeah. like, She like, you just got off the road. She yeah. been doing that for a week. I got videos of it, you know what I'm saying, in different outfits. And I'm sitting there like, wow, like, <laughs> wow, she just did it. Like, look, she did it again. And um, just being in those, even for her though, it was fun for her to see that because she was just like, damn, I be forgetting that you got to work or do this and your mind might not, you know, you might be there getting dressed, but you thinking about walking out the door. And it's like, especially when the kids are able to start communicating, it's like, it's cool to just, you know, have those moments. Especially, like, I love now, Junior, take my phone, just take it. Like, go put it somewhere. Root too. Yeah, just... You know what I'm saying? Just because they want that so bad. And I feel like that's, it got to be testament to, like you were saying, like, when we're around and you give them that time. Like, now, it's like they holding you accountable. Like, no, nah, don't act like you you can't do it. That's what it is. I know you can do it. Yeah. yeah like, this this our get down now. And that that feels good because that, that, that adds a layer to you, to you as a man. Like, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, just knowing, like, uh, I, it's certain things that I got to do. I got to look them in the eyes because... Mm. You know what I'm saying? They're holding me accountable. They on my ass about it. This ain't even the outside world or caring about judgment. This is about what they need now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's good just to have them wanting you around too. Yeah. Yes. That that's that's strong. just want they, they just want to know you in the next room. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just want to know. My, my daddy right there. He, yeah, yeah right, real talk. Right real I don't talk. need him. Like, I don't need him. I don't but want he, him coming he over there. here. Or they do the breath. Or they do the breath questions. <laughs> Dad, I <laughs> but I, um, they didn't want that. Yeah, like, you be like, what? Just wanted to make sure you ain't leave. Yeah. Just to make sure you still. Dad, here. did you know? Uh, it's, yeah. it's still light outside. <laughs> yeah. Like what? What? Yeah, like, like I'm watching the game, bro. I told y'all three times I'm watching the game. That's what you like, just come sit down. Yeah, like, just come, come on, just come, come sit on, down. Come on, you, yeah, come on, you need a friend. Come on. <laughs> is that is that something now that you like? Because I know you had a um, you had your first child at thirteen, right? Yeah. So it was like, damn, your first child was at 13? Yeah. yeah. And I thought I was having some shit. I was going through it at 19. He went to it at 13. Like, how does, how is it different how raising was all she? your. <laughs> she was uh, a couple years older. Dude. Oh, she was older. She was older. Okay. Yeah. Still I was tough. Say, no, no, that's still, still tough. tough juice. Yeah. But what? <laughs> <laughs> Literally. But how is it different, like, you know, raising a child at 13 versus, you know, your other kids where you yeah. were kind of had that preparation. Yeah, you could just left that out, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even. You just left that out, though. You, you I didn't even park, know selling how, drugs. I, I, didn't, I didn't even know how to balance it. Like, raise a child. Like, I was just trial and error. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but I, I knew that, one, the thing that I had to do and it was a must and it, it was like something that plagued like our community for years is just like owning up and claiming like this is my child mm-hmm. so I identified that immediately even before like blood tests everything like I, I was like this is my child like my this is my family this is mm-hmm. this is us this is our bloodline and then learning how to provide for her and be the example that was the next step so like going through all the correctional shit 
going through that whole process, that was just like draining. Mm-hmm. But it taught me a lot about myself. And then also, most importantly, that's why I really pivoted. You know, not, not only because I had a gift, but I had to provide for my daughter. Mm-hmm. So that was like the biggest thing. Beautiful. That's a line you up, don't it? We like to ask all our guests, what are you working on or working toward improving in your personal life? People always say, like, being a better me or being a better version of me. And I, I think that um, is exactly what I'm working on. Like, from a coaching aspect, everyone's why is different. So learning how to, like, talk to you the same way I would talk to someone that don't come from our background and our situations and learning how to have that same dynamic mm-hmm. and that connection. Uh, definitely a work in progress. I love that process of it. Mm-hmm. Still being a better father being a better husband, working on your communication, um, and just making sure that the ultimate goal is, you know, having your legacy turn out the way, exactly the way you want. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we, they always say, tell God your plans and laugh watch them laugh. I, I think Hove had said that the other day, and I was just, like, watching it, and I was like, ain't that the truth? Because, you know, we have this thing that we want to do is plan out and manufacture this mm-hmm. life or whatever, but things don't ever go the way that you expect them to. Yeah, they you know, do. so just, you know, just, just constantly every day just trying to be a better version of myself. I think that that sums it up. Right now I'm doing the same thing with that communication thing. I feel like uh, a lot of times I fall victim to like, I have a certain way that I communicate and it'd be like, I get frustrated quick if somebody can't get with it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I'll be like, even though I know, like, I can adjust. But I'll just mm-hmm. be like, I don't feel like adjusting no more. Like, I'm sick of adjusting. I always, it's always got to be me to adjust. And, like, I had to slow myself down and start realizing, like, gee, that's kind of like your thing, bro. Like, they can't, like, they can't do that. Like, if you can understand or deliver a message or bridge a gap, just do it. Like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So I'm just working on, like, being more conscious of it and saying, you know, I'm going to use as many tools as I can to keep trying to bridge gaps and keep trying to make a room that seems a little everybody on their own wall. Like, just start making them mingle a little bit more just because I do know how to do it. It's just sometimes I just be like, ugh, like, y'all annoying me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Type of vibe, but it's like, it really don't have to be like that. Sometimes it really be a small disconnect and I can see exactly what the disconnect is that could just break the, you know, ease break everything. Ice, yeah, yeah, break the ice. Uh, just don't nobody want to address it. And I, I really know how to do it, but I'll let it be uncomfortable and be a dickhead sometimes. And well, that's, that's, that's my that's, key thing that's, I want to do That goes to what you're saying. Like, c- communication, like, people say that all the time. Like, you know, especially in, like, relationships and women, they're like, yo, we need to communicate better and da-da-da. But now I'm realizing that that means something different to everybody. Like communicating, like in my mind, that means you telling me everything you want me to know and I tell you everything I think I want you to know and then we meet in the middle after we know. Uh But for women, it's like, no, I meant my love language. (laughs) (laughs) I meant I want flowers. Right. Even though I told you I didn't want them, (laughs) I still want them. Or even though I told you to shut the hell up, 
You need to tell me something nice. Yes. You need yeah. to reassure right. me that this I is going I told you right. to shut up and get out the house, but you weren't supposed to actually leave. Right. Don't leave. Right, don't leave. <laughs> right, what the fuck am I going to do? Yeah, it's they the white man can't jump thing. She said, yeah, you're right. supposed to ask me, do you want water or are you thirsty or whatever? <laughs> I was like, what? Where, where did it, that come from, that conversation? It'd man. be like that, though, man. You gotta... <laughs> but it's so messed up because at, like, at 22 years old... <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're definitely not getting that correct. I'm like, what the? Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm thinking. Like, what the fuck yeah, are you? Like, your, what you want? What kind of mind games are these? And why your, am I being exposed until to Until your dad or your uncle hit you with, oh, yeah, your auntie, your mama used to do that same thing. Don't worry about it. You be all right. Yeah, you be good. That'd push be, through. Push yeah, through. You be all right. You just start. You be all right. No, but something like that is just, I feel like it's just thankless. Like, you just got to know, like, especially <laughs> communication. Like, if you think you're communicating well, you got to just be all right with that. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, so yeah. if if your wife or whoever's like, man, but you still ain't get, you got to be all right with that and just be like, you know what, you're right. Yeah. I'm a, next time I'm gonna try to do try and do it. <laughs> that's that's my thing. Now. Next time I'm gonna be better. I could try. Yeah. I'm, I next could time try. I'm I can't. Be I can't promise you, but I could try. So just be better. <laughs> that's all. Just be better. And hey, we go tap in with the fans on social media. Y'all like to ask y'all questions. We are gonna give you the answers to your, your burning questions. Uh, that you don't get to say to us. Uh, all right, what we got today? Today we got from listener on Twitter at the real Aaron. Aaron wants to know who's the best basketball player you've seen who didn't make the NBA. It's a good question, Aaron. I remember playing with Scotty Hobson, played at Tennessee. Scotty Hop, I remember playing like pickup in the summer or something with him. After we had played, uh, I saw him at McDonald's and everything. And then we did a couple of the camps. And then I played with him in the summer, and we were playing pickup somewhere. And I remember thinking, bro, if I had this man at Georgia Tech with me, bro, I was like, bro, I don't think we'd lose. Like, he, mm. even in times that I felt like he don't feel like, I don't think he knows he's that good. But I'm like, bro, I've played with some people. My G, I, I've really been around some people that I'm like, dog, they they do this or they do that really well or they really work their ass off to get this. And I'm like, bro, you just walk in the gym and can do 360s. Mm. You can catch every pass I throw. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He had a soft touch around the rim. I'm just like, bro, this is like a, he's like a coach's dream. Six, eight, six, nine. You can guard everything. You light on your feet. I was just like, this dude, I, I swear I thought he was going to be in the league and just be this like, I thought he was going to be DeMar. How DeMar mm. went to Chicago and just turned it up, I figured Scotty Hop would be playing. And then finally, seventh, eighth year in the league, he get yeah, traded right to a team. scene. Yeah. yeah, and they really rolled with him. Like, just because, I, like I said, he had a, a light attack. Uh, he didn't have, like, behavioral problems or anything. Like, he was clean cut. Like, I just thought he was just going to go crazy in the league. And it seemed like, he never really got put with an opportunity that suited him. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, everybody got drafted. It just didn't seem like his shit went the way it was supposed to go to me. Like, yeah. I just always played. I don't know. Like, if you if you play pickup with him, like, bro, I played pickup with that man for, like, five, ten minutes before I was like, gee, I want, like, I want to take him over here to Tech. <laughs> like, I don't know what the fuck they doing with y'all over here today. And he was hoping that Tennessee, right. like, they was killing. But it was just like, bro, I need you in the ACC, G. Like, I need you. Okay, hey, Scotty Hobson. What about you, Hobson? Uh, There's a brother by the name of uh, John Gardner, a.k.a. Sugarfoot. 
Yeah, real talk. That's fire. Just lead off with that. I yeah. ain't gonna lie. That's so just fire. saying, like, man, this nigga named Sugarfoot. Man. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. Sugarfoot. I was Sugarfoot right. G. That's cold. Yeah, he was cold. He had the left, the right, but he, you know, he got, you know, his vices got the best of him. Mm-hmm. But he had the talent, like, good side, six four, six five, go left, go right, jumper, athletic. Yeah, he was the dude, like, in the neighborhood, end up going up the road. But uh, he was the dude in the neighborhood everybody wanted to play like. Mm. Yeah, he had that gift. Crazy, cause we was all. I remember my dad taking me to Patrick Beverly game. Like we was when I was in eighth grade and shit. What was that in? Uh, he was at Marshall. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. When Pat no, Beverly? I'm saying I don't know. About oh, that. oh, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna say, no, boy, hell no. yeah. That was before my. Yeah, AP Bev. You know I was there, boy. <laughs> the man was out there going crazy. The man was nuts. Oh, the man was averaging like thirty. Damn. He was doing the layup. This when we all adopted this shit. We, I would score the layup and I would be at top of the press. Ball would go through the net. We stood over it. That was P. Bev shit. Well, score that bitch and then stand over he the was ball. A, yeah, he was you'd a scorer. You'd be nervous. You'd be nervous to come get the ball, but he was he was hounding you. Oh no, I know. He gonna get you a bucket and then Dog. he gonna breathe on the nigga taking the ball out and then when they pass it in, he just right. take him too. Like yeah, right here. Yeah, it's like bro, you gonna guard the inbound pass. <laughs> Man. Leave from that and then guard the man bringing it up, and everybody else just adjust behind him. They just anything he mm-hmm. wanted to do. I mean, he get another, you gonna do? You gonna he get another steal and do it again. He gonna stand over the ball again. Like it's uncomfortable though. You get ready to grab the ball, they bumping you and shit. I'm like, bro, that shit. I love Chicago basketball. I was just gonna, gonna say, it's a lot back. of. It's, we got a it's lot of players hits. like yeah. that like, who got that similar story. Like Will Bynum. I, I wanted Will Bynum, <laughs> even though he had a great success story. Don't get me wrong, but I'm saying. We him. wanted him. Yeah, I wanted him the way the Will way they, should be Russell Westbrook right now in my mind. Type shit. Like, yeah. like that's how we feel about Will Bynum. Like we well, just, used to get at it. You feel? So, yeah. but we saw the game we used just to see changed. Him, but we also saw him before the internet and all that. So it was like it was he was almost like a legend. And then we were able to go like oh, see him man. in the summer if league. If he would have had, like if him and Jamal Crawford had the internet, bro. Yeah. For the shit they used to do in yeah. the crazy man. different. Different. Taking off. Branding. Yeah, right. Huh. Branding. <laughs> he was Will, Will Bynum was really like the first dude he who I seen live who I was just like, man, if I didn't see that, then uh, I, I wouldn't think it was I wouldn't real. think he was possible. No, not real. I wouldn't think that's possible. Like he was out here. When he windmilled on nigga. No, he windmilled on the nigga head because he had to, though. It was because he had to. He went baseline. He really brought it down. Like you would thought he yeah. was gonna turn around and do some mic shit, like throw it up. And he brought it down. The nigga hands came down to try and block it. He put it right back up. It was like a yeah. Well, Will, it was like a spud web feel. It was almost like he not gonna make it to the rim, but he makes yeah, it to the rim. Yeah, like, make yeah. It, and then he dunk on you. Yeah, well, dunk on you. And, and walk off like it was shit. Yeah, man. Shout out to the Chicago program. Program on my mom. IIT. All day. <laughs> All day. Oh, 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 oh. Ronnie Fields. Yeah, see, don't I get us started. Yeah, I ain't never get. I ain't never really started. get to like. Get, I had to watch video. On no, him. Ronnie Fields was too a little too early for us. Shannon Brown. Shannon Brown has the one of the most elite Chicago mixtapes I have ever seen in my life for high school. Yeah, Shannon Brown. Mm-hmm. Yes, he will bless you. No, nah, but we want to ask him if he wants to promote something. Oh yeah, anything you, you want to promote? Yeah, you know what? Uh, one thing. Uh, September sixth, I got a children's book coming out uh, called Shot Clock with Harper Collins and so, um, it's it's going to be amazing. We, we talk about core curriculum. We talk mm-hmm. about uh, outsiders, all these different books uh, that we grew up 
reading mm -hmm. has been part of the core curriculum, but I think they're dated and we're just trying to add like new material, tell stories about lives that, you know, real stories about what's happening in these kids' life and how they fight through adversity, which one of the questions you started mm -hmm. off with. So it's going to be powerful. So definitely check it out. Shot Clock. Shot Clock. Shot Clock. September 6th. Get it. Read it. What is it? It's uh, available on, what you call it, too, the audio thing? Yeah, Amazon. You reading it? Yeah. It's your that's, voice? That's not my voice. Oh, it's I not your somebody. voice. Yeah, I picked out the narrator. Next time y'all do something. Why they ain't let you do it? Next you time y'all do something, put my name different. in the hat, man. It sounds different. Oh, you didn't you, like yeah, it? Yeah, you know. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. We yeah. like the, that's the thing. I like the person reading their own auto, auto book or audio I was going to do it with my <laughs> first book, but it still didn't sound right. I didn't I didn't take to it. I think I, after one chapter, it like I wear on you. Mm. I'm like, all right, you need like a. A voice that you can just like stay with, you know, like a rapper that you can listen to like a song or two. I disagree. And just forget they own. Like you talking about this, the, the artists, like you could take them and they damn near like background music. You yeah. just leave them on all yeah. day. But it's certain artists that you can listen to, like, and then and then like, some you be like, I can listen to a song or two. Then like, all right, I want to turn them off. Like, it's too much. You feel yeah, like you, you one of like those that? rappers? There's certain rappers like that. So you feel like that's the type of rapper you are? Yeah, I, two, I, three I, songs. I, like, I listened to the, I was like, damn, that's, I'm done with me. <laughs> <laughs> so that, this is your <laughs> own advice. This, this that's my own this advice. Is, hey, yeah, okay. I gotta be hey, honest. Right, 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 he the realest I'm like, I'm, I'm not good enough. They like, man, read your book. I'm not, I'm not up for this. He said, I'm done with me. I'm not good enough. I'm done with me. Oh my God, I'm done with me. He just take the shit off. I'm done with me. I'm done. I can't wait to tell y'all I'm done with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, dog. No, thank you again, yes, Karan Butler, brother. Appreciate you. Tough Juice, September 6th. Shot Clock. Shot Clock. Scholastic. Yeah. Today we just wrapped with my man, Karan Butler. Man, awesome takeaways from him to have him come up here, give his basketball knowledge, sit with us and talk about family. Got to do a little storytelling. Thinking back to when me and him first connected through basketball. Ari, what was your biggest takeaway from the conversation? There was a lot of good takeaways, but the biggest one would probably be his, uh, his ability to self-reflect at a young age. Like he said, he was 13 when he had his first kid. Mm -hmm. That takes a lot of self-reflection, a lot of self-evaluation. I know I keep coming back to that story with Karan. I know, I remember that yeah, shit. You can yeah, go back to yeah, that shit. it was a whole, I really think I struggled with adversity when I had my uh, son. Mm -hmm. I was only 19. I didn't really expect anything out of myself. I knew I'd be a father, but I didn't know how good of a father I'd be. I didn't know the importance of being as present. Like, I thought if I provided and I did what I was supposed to do, that that was kind of like, you know, the job. I didn't really evaluate myself. Like I didn't properly sit back and say, all right, like how does this look to you versus how does this look to your son and how does this look to your family and basically everybody in between who's involved, who can see what's going on and can see the holes in my relationships and all of that. Man, if I didn't have, shit, I, if I didn't have our parents, if I didn't have, there's a few friends who I knew who I would speak to about it because they had kids. But other than that, I don't know what I would have done or what position I'd be in right now. I feel like he, you know, he doesn't have that issue and he can really, you know, pinpoint what's wrong in his life and take the proper steps or at least seek out the proper steps to correct that. Yeah. What were your biggest takeaways? His perspective on understanding like what he came from and not ever putting guilt on it. He saw those little moments as opportunities to like really do something and go forward. I think he took the events in his life, like when he was saying they kicked in the door. The raid, right? 
Yeah, yeah, Police when they raid. raided his house. Um, and I think his patience in that, not a lot of people get to that moment. Like, you get out of a, a, a life-threatening situation, but you get in those positions. You know, you get out of them where you, you get away untouched and you stay with that same behavior. You know what I'm saying? You almost feel invincible mm -hmm. in a way, getting up out of it. And it, it was cool uh, to see the red alert turn on for him and then to see the complete 360. It's one of those stories where you don't really expect that guy to ever get it right. You know, they that he's supposed to be a statistic. Like Low key, yeah. you root against him. Yeah. yeah. Like you, you see him on the street, you you go the other way, so to mm -hmm. speak. And Karan Butler is like one of the easiest people to hug. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just it's cool, man. Yeah, Karan, at the end of the day, man, you just a big teddy bear, man. <laughs> My dog, man. As always, thank you for rocking with us on Iman Amongst Men. I am your host, Iman Shumpert. And I'm Ari Shumpert. Make sure you go rate, comment, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. For full video episodes, head over to Uninterrupted YouTube channel every Monday after the episode drops. Till next time, we are 